Welcome back to another episode of the Break It Down with Brackens podcast. Today we have Julie Phillibaum and Jenny Brackens. Today's topic, how to get involved in your community. Here in Charlestown, West Virginia, Jefferson County, Julie is on a few different boards and Jenny has taken a stab at being on a board for the first time this year also. So hopefully today we're going to hear about their experiences, what's working, what's not working, um, how somebody could get involved, uh, and that sort of thing. So I know how I'm involved in the community with um, building bros and bras, helping to promote fitness and stuff like that. Uh, I like to know what's going on in the community. So Julie, you're the one we don't know the most about, because clearly I know my wife, but tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe 30 seconds about where you're from, did you go to school, family, when you moved to the area, things like that. Sure. I spent most of my childhood in Northern Virginia. I went to Long Valley High School, uh, just over the mountain, and then I moved to Pittsburgh for college. I have a Bachelor's of Science in Media, Arts, and Animation. So, clearly I've stuck with that. Um, <laughs> I met my husband in college, and so we got married, we had two kids in Pittsburgh, but we were both working full-time. Um, opposite shifts. I had like a nine to five job. I worked at an appraisal management company and then my husband was a metal finisher and he would start work at 6 p.m. and work until 2 a.m. and we only had one car and that worked out because of that the shift thing but it was killing us with also having two kids like and we were doing it to avoid childcare, like having to pay for that. So my husband got a job opportunity down in this area um, doing what he was doing before and like ironworking. So we moved down here. I didn't have to work. We could live off of one income and that made it really easy for me to stay home with the kids and everything. But we still only had one car. So I would walk around town trying to keep the kids entertained and I just started noticing a lot of things that I was like, you know, someone needs to fix this. Someone should do something about that. Someone. And then after my uh, third child was born, I was like, wait, that's me. I can do it. I could just join all the things and fix everything. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, I, my next door neighbor, Tanner Hayde, uh, encouraged me to join the tree board. That was the first board that I joined. So Very cool. And then Jenny, how did um, you, what was your journey for uh, trying to figure out how to be involved in the community? Well, I've lived in Jefferson County since 2008 and grew up in Virginia as well, moved to New York City and then moved here. I was working in Northern Virginia and there, it was just a much better opportunity to buy a house uh, by myself and be able to settle. And I loved that it felt like a small town. It felt very much like a small town with where I, where I grew up in Virginia. And so um, I, it's interesting, a couple things that you mentioned, Julie. First of all, I totally get your degree. You are so creative. So, so creative. You've always got great ideas and they're, and they're always enthusiastic ideas. And that's what I really enjoy about having gotten to know you through the tree board. Um, but also, you mentioned that you started looking around downtown. Somebody's going to fix this. I remember feeling the same way. I remember when I first moved here thinking, this town could be something better. And it's not gonna take very much to, get, to kind of enhance that. So fast forward, met Kevin, got married in 2011. Um, we formed Bros and Bras, and really my first love is helping serve the community with health and wellness. Well, Kevin, as he got more and more involved in the community and the Chamber of Commerce, he had the opportunity to be involved with Leadership Jefferson, and then eventually Leadership West Virginia. And when he was going through the Leadership Jefferson program, it gave him the opportunity to learn the county. And I thought that was so cool. First of all, I always wanted to be involved in the community in some way, but I didn't know how. I didn't know where to begin, and I thought, well, I don't know anything about this place. I didn't grow up here. So the year after Kevin went through leadership uh, uh, Jefferson, I went through it. He was class 12, I was class 13. And Baker's dozen best. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Baker's dozen best. Tanner hates that if he listens to this. That one's for you, Tanner. <laughs> but 
we learned about every aspect. Each module was a different aspect of, of the counting. And Tanner and I were actually in the same group that was assigned uh, each, the, the, the program is, is, um, has, is broken down into modules and participants within the group are assigned to lead one of the modules. And I served uh, with Tanner on the, the local government module and so we did this whole day of presentation and we learned a whole lot about it. And when I finished the Leadership Jefferson program, I was so hungry to then get out and do something with it because I believe that that's our responsibility. You're, you go through that program and then you're, you're charged with doing something that can serve your community. Still didn't quite know where to begin. And then Tanner approached me as well with uh, joining the tree board. And he's very persuasive, so I'll just kind of stop there. Um, okay, so did you? No, go ahead. So where did, um, that's how you also got on it, Julie, but so Jenny mentioned it was dormant before you guys got ramped up, or? Yeah, it had been, I want to say at least eight years, like almost a whole decade where no one had been, they hadn't had any meetings. I don't know what exactly happened. <laughs> there was an active tree board and then they just stopped meeting, I guess. Well, well, let's back up for a second then. What is the tree board? What does it do? So we are advise city council on all things relating to trees. That's the... <laughs> Is that inside um, the city limits or inside the historic district? No, yeah, the whole city. city the whole mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so public trees obviously are the biggest concern, but there is a, a little bit um, about private trees that this. Uh, so explain the difference. Uh, public trees are street trees, you know, in the public land. Um, private trees are obviously on private property. Um, it's a very good answer to a stupid question, I suppose. <laughs> It's uh -huh. not a stupid question. We actually, I think that a lot of people are confused on where the line is because the line is sometimes gray between, <laughs> say, something that's on the front of your property on a sidewalk versus or, or, or between your, the, the sidewalk and, and the street um, versus what's clearly um, not on a person's private residence. Okay, so here's, here's an example. Up on the corner above our house here, one day... A tree that is defined to be on private property fell into the street. Mm -hmm. And whether the homeowners were home or not, I'm not sure. But the town came and cleaned it up, sawed it up, and hauled it away. So that's a private tree that fell onto public property. Mm -hmm. So, well, I've tried to talk to lawyers into coming in to talk about tree law because I don't really know what the rules are, because we have a neighbor who had a giant tree that was threatening our house, and then the internet tells you one thing, and lawyers kind of tell you another thing, but none of them were really to come on the record and talk about it on the podcast. Um, but, you know, we just paid to have the tree cut down because the neighbor gave us permission to do that, but we just didn't want it threatening our, our backyard and stuff like that. Um, so, the tree board, does it do like a tree audit? Is there like a collection of good trees and problem trees? I know you guys planted some trees. Tell me about that stuff. Yeah, the right before the tree board um, was recreated re by city council, they did hire an intern to inventory the the trees. They didn't do all of them because that's it's a lot, and they only had one summer to do it. But they did over a thousand trees. They inventoried over a thousand trees, and it's. You know, and they did note, like, is this tree in good condition, poor condition, is it dead? You know, so that we, the city would know. We have that information. I'm pretty sure you could find it if you ask somebody. It's not like it's scary, you know, secret stuff or anything. But, um, so that is, that is something that we have. And it's something that the tree board, I think, in the next year or two is going to have to be a little bit more active of saying, like, of advising. <laughs> these trees should probably be taken care of. Gotcha. So um, what month are we talking about? Like, how, how many months has Tree Board been up and running? And then in the process of getting up and running, what have, some, have been some challenges or successes? 
We had our first meeting, I think, in November. Of Just a little over a year. Yeah, We're all 2018. a year into our terms. Yeah. So, um... And what, how did it kick off? Hey, guys, we're the tree board, and we're going to dot, dot, dot. Uh, tackle the tree ordinance that needed updated. So what's a tree ordinance? What's that mean? Well, the tree ordinance really establishes kind of what our, what our mission is, but also kind of the scope of everything that, that we do. I think that the word advise is really important here when we talk about the tree board, because we are not the tree police. We can't mandate that someone do something with a tree. We can advise them, and we really want to be that helpful resource to folks in the community because we think that, like you, it, just the simple question of asking, you know, what is the difference between a street and a private tree? We think that uh, the community at large probably has a lot of questions like that, and so the ordinance kind of helps set out our um, our rough outline of what it is that we do as a board. And I think that that, if you want to identify a challenge in our first year, it wasn't really a challenge, but we really took the time to go through it with a fine tooth comb to make sure that we weren't overstepping our responsibilities as a board, but that we were also updating it. And Julie did a lot of research on other board uh, ordinances to uh, ensure that we were kind of in line with the goals that we wanted to meet in, in, in rewriting this. And because the board had been dormant for so long, we had a great opportunity. We weren't fighting against anybody who had been on the board. We weren't, we had a chance to kind of mold things. However, we had to make sure that it was going to get by council. Mm -hmm. And so it was a very, for the city moment, council. So for, for city council. Okay. So for, yeah, not, not attorneys. For the for most of the it's a good question. For most of the year, we really reviewed and re-reviewed this, and I really enjoyed that because I think more than anything, have, being somebody who came into the board and not understanding it at all, what this was, that really helped me understand what it was that that we were doing here. Because uh, in the beginning, I actually I don't know about you, I was very intimidated. I was I I said to Kevin, I said I'm just going to listen for a while, and I did. And then we started learning and that really, really helped us. But the other thing is Tanner, hey, who is who is the chair, um, he really ensured that we were meeting regularly and that we were sticking to task and doing what we set out to do in our first year. You know, like I think that that's kind of what sets us apart from probably any boards that were in the past. And again, I'm like you, I don't have a lot of the history. But he really ensures that we are meeting every single month. We're talking about relevant issues. We're pushing. We're pushing things forward that we need to, so that we're not going to say, "Oh, great, you have this grand, brand new tree board, and we were all appointed, and then we're going to do nothing." That's not who this board is at all. So the ordinance that was already written by somebody. Yeah, there, the ordinance was also very old. I, I want to say it was like from 2003 was the last yeah. time somebody updated it. So yeah, it, it, it needed tackle. Are there tree experts helping you? Well, Tanner's a certified arborist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then how many people are on the board? Five. Five. So then of those five people, it's just people who are motivated to help out Tanner and the city council just to help keep it organized and travel or kind of flowing in the right direction is that a good read there yeah i mean the two other people that are also on the board even though they're not certified arborists they do have a lot of knowledge um about trees they um ellen may i'm gonna like get her title wrong but i know she was like a regional manager for like a um gardening mm -hmm. center mm -hmm. okay. so she has a lot of experience and that's very helpful as we're having these discussions because their weigh-in is always very valuable because they're coming so for example if we're talking about a specific type of tree mm -hmm. um, they will understand I think they understand more of the specifics of of what an appropriate tree is to be here and and whether if we have an issue with a specific tree whether it's best to remove it versus prune it you know they that that knowledge is very helpful on the board so, are there openings on the tree board? Technically, Technically but yeah. but um, it's Tanner's spot. See, when we what? when we got appointed, he's not trying to leave. No, when we got appointed, they basically drew after they 
chose from uh, so many people applied then they voted on each one of us then of those five people they randomly drew names out of a hat to decide what the length of your term was going to be so that way they wouldn't have the whole board leaving after four years right so um we got the, we got the longest yeah we're the longest <laughs> we're in this for the long haul yeah i mean we could resign but we're not yeah, going to yeah. <laughs> and then um so tanner got the unlucky one-year term which he he like yeah i was like Does it doesn't mean voting? anything tanner they just yeah. drew your name out of a hat so he's gonna we're, we're gonna make sure he reapplies yeah. he's not allowed to leave he's right. not allowed to leave. <laughs> All of us jumped on him on an email recently. Yes. So. Right. So technically, there's a, like people could apply, but I don't want people to. Well, don't apply. So there are other positions open on other boards. Yes. Well, I'm going to get to that in a second. So um, <clears throat> if there was a, there, well, there is no sales pitch. So next year, there's a sales pitch on why you should try to get on the board if you're interested in being on the tree board next year, maybe. Sure. I mean, it's it's all about do you care? You know, it's you don't have to have an extensive amount of knowledge. I mean, it's good to have that. I think if that's really if trees are your passion, then definitely nature, trees, yeah. environments. Yeah. And if you maybe don't have a ton of experience in community involvement, this might be a good stepping stone to learn the processes, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, you can. As long as you're willing to learn, there's always, oh, you know what? One of the things I did when, when Tanner first pitched me on the tree board, I was like, I, I don't, what, what, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> where do I even start? So I'm Googling, you know, I'm like just Googling tree board and I found tree board university, which is a yes. free program that anyone can do. Um, it's like a certificate. It's like an, it's at least eight hours, I would say to complete maybe 14 if you're a slower reader. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that as a way to like prepare for the tree board. And mostly what it talks about is just being on a board in general. It doesn't even, I mean, if you're interested in joining a board, it's, it talks a lot about the, a little bit about you know, Robert's rules, but it's also about like when two people disagree, how do you move past that? How do you keep the conversation flowing towards, you know, solving this problem um so it was that was actually really really helpful so treeboarduniversity.org maybe and i think com. that's a really good point to, to mention because you don't have to be an expert in what it is that you wish to serve on first of all there's usually somebody else who can kind of help guide you along secondly there's almost always a resource out there that you can pull from to learn more information I really think that I didn't get involved for so long in this community because I just didn't know where to start and I thought, well, I, I'm not an expert, so who am I to serve? Which is the wrong way to look at things entirely. And when I went through Leadership Jefferson and I saw the ways that our, 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 um, our county operated, I, I thought, oh my gosh, I could totally be involved in something like this or I could learn. You know, So I think that a pitch to anybody getting involved in any board is... Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Don't wait for somebody else to fix the problem. To your point, it can be you, and you don't have to be a subject matter expert in this. You can learn, and you might find that it's interesting. I had, I was, like I said, I was so, I was so intimidated in the beginning, and now I love it. It's always interesting, and we don't always see eye to eye in meetings. In fact, we have very good conversation where we don't always agree. But I think that we're, that that is a good dynamic that every board should have. Mm -hmm. uh, our meetings are long, <laughs> but thorough. And I think that Tanner also does a very good job of kind of helping to push us along when we have difficult decisions, sticking points. Uh, real quick, let's talk about the successes. Um, one of the ones that I was voluntold to be involved in was a uh, tree planting event. Tell me about that before we move on to... Uh, other community. <laughs> I do that to my, my husband, husband with the yeah. truck, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had we had gotten a grant for free trees, sixteen free trees, um, to plant, and we were all excited. And then, pandemic, yeah. everything shut down, and um, we panicked a little bit because we weren't sure if we could even get our trees in time to plant them because if you plant them too late then they'll probably die 
you know, there's like a really nice sweet spot to get them in the ground. So luckily we were able, the restrictions were starting to lift and we were able to get our trees, but we still wanted to do it in a socially distant way. So we, I mean, we, I'm really proud of us for that because very everyone else that got that grant bailed. They said, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, ladies. You gotta give me some background. Where are they? What kind of trees? Like, how did it get done? Like, they just, you know. Right. They well, are. That, there was a decision in that too. So when we first, so we had a, we had multiple levels of decisions that had to be made to make this happen because when COVID hit, we were just like, okay, Plan B. How can we, how can we make this happen while keeping everybody socially distanced? And where do we want to put these? What is the best idea for right now? We know that we, we possibly also want to do this at, at, again at a different time in the year. So what's the best time for right now? And that's that's how we kind of move forward with that. Just, yeah. And it just so happened that a bunch of trees had to be taken down at Happy Retreat because they... Um, what's Happy Retreat? That is the historical home of Charles Washington, yep. which our town is named after. And it's, right. and it's George Washington's little brother. It's a wonderful site. There have been um, different events that have been held there over the years. Uh, the, the beer fest, I think that, sorry, and, and the wine fest. Yeah, I forget the exact names mm-hmm. of them. But it's really great. It's right in town and it's preserved. And, and yeah, it was a perfect opportunity because mm-hmm. there was a need right there yeah we wouldn't have to work with with residents necessarily where we might get delays in the process so we decided to plant at happy retreat right and so those trees aren't close to the street but they're still within the public right away and there there is public land there because technically happy retreat i think is private like the friends of happy retreat happy, yeah. run it but there is also park land that the city uh, owns so well, i can see them from the road so, yeah. I mean, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, they're right beside the road and I can see them. And... and we had to make sure that hopefully one day somebody will put a sidewalk in. So we wanted yeah. to make sure that there, we didn't have to rip the trees back out in the coming years when hopefully a sidewalk goes in there. Well, cool. So, Julie, how else are you involved in the community? So I'm also on the Board of Parks and Recreation Commissioners. So I love For being... Who? For Charlestown, not for the county, okay. just for the city. I really love being on both of those boards because I'm sort of like the liaison because obviously there are trees and parks. I have to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. I, I should have briefed you on this. I will ask a ton of questions for clarity. <laughs> That's fine. So before you get into the high-level stuff, how many parks are there in Charlestown? So. Skate park. Yes, there's the skate park, which... And then there's Abbott's Run Park, which right. they are, technically they're touching. Yeah. There's a creek in, you know, Abbott's mm-hmm. Run in between. Um, but I, I'm, that's one of my goals is to get a bridge to connect them. Okay. There's also Jefferson Memorial Park right. down here on this side of town. There's um, Willingham Knolls, which is more like a nature park. Oh, yeah, that's a great spot. Yeah. Great place to walk your dog. Yeah. There's also, there's like these little like micro parks. Mm-hmm. Um I'm forgetting the one that's down. It's like across the street from Evitt's Run, like. But it's. Oh yeah, it's almost like a soccer field. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it, it was a brown field, and then they they right. covered it, mm-hmm. and so it's just it's just a big open area, and they just mow it. But unfortunately, because of the brown field element, we're not able to like build anything on there. Gotcha. Okay, so then, what drew you to be on that board? So my first job um, was actually, I worked for the um, Parks and Recreation Department at Loudoun County. I worked at Philmont Community Center. Um, and so Parks and Rec has always been, you know, a soft spot in my heart. So both of those, actually the Parks Board opened up, there was a spot that opened up in, over the summer before the Tree Board, and I had applied for that. But I didn't realize that it was sort of like this situation with Tanner where somebody's term had ended and they were reapplying for their old term back. So I threw my name in the hat not realizing that was happening. So obviously I, I was not picked the first round, the other person, but I did get some votes. So that like, I was good that like at least one person voted for me. Three people voted for me, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> they were votes. Three against five. If I had gotten one more, it would have been tied. And then when they have to vote again, I probably wouldn't have gotten picked, but... That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that 
that it was Nick Zaglifa. I'm glad that he got to return to the board because he's the president of that board. So it's it is the exact same situation that we're in with Tanner. So it made sense that he was chosen. But then another another opportunity popped up. Somebody else had resigned. Um, so then I reapplied in October, and I was the only person that reapplied at that point. So mm-hmm. shoo-in. <laughs> Wasn't Nick Zaglifa the first... Guest on your podcast? He was. Yeah. Yes. Throwback. Throwback. It was more rusty than it is now. It's still very janky. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, it was. That's fun. So, okay, are you on any other boards? Yes. So. Because I'm gonna gonna, gonna come back around. I'm gonna come back to all around all this. So I yeah I I am super involved because I'm a stay-at-home mom and I'm used to working full time and I basically turned making Charlestown a better place into my job. I love it. So, cool. and I'll get paid. <laughs> One day, right. I'll get paid to do these things. Um, so, I joined the promotions committee for um, Charlestown now, and that was just like a volunteer thing. Anybody can join. You don't Hold have up, to apply. Lady. What is okay, Charlestown now is a nonprofit. It's, we have global listeners, just so yes. you know. <laughs> it's a nonprofit that their main goal is basically to like um, promote the downtown area mm-hmm. of Charlestown uh, to make sure that you know that we still have businesses there. It's a business um, and, economic. Yeah. development engine, if I yes. remember reading that correctly in the mission statement. That sounds about, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's what it says. Yeah. Um, and also to make sure it's like still historic because mm-hmm. we are historically hip mm-hmm. here right. in that's Charlestown. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like that, the, the facade improvement and all of that, um, while that's part of the city, it's also part of Charlestown now. It's really great because they are like the main street partners of the city. Well, let's not get too heavy into what Charlestown now is, because I'm going to have Liz come on. You can come on, too, with her. And I, I need a full rundown. That lady seems really busy. Yes. She's hard to kind of pin down. But once I do, I'm going to have just a mega Q&A on what's happening, what was the past, what was like before her. So we, me and Liz and you can hash all that out on another thing. That would be but cool. What drew, so what, you got, what drew you to that was trying to make Charlestown better. Well, yes. I wanted to do a yarn bombing. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is great. This is great. I wanted to do a yarn bombing. So first, what I did was I, I contacted Daryl Hennessy, the city manager, and because at this point also I guess on the podcast. Yes, I talked to him a couple times from just when the tree board was starting to start up, and with the parks board like applying for that. I'd seen him enough times. I just emailed him. I was like, Hey, I want to do a yarn bombing, and I was. I was like, it's a temporary art installation, and we're going to ask for donations for Jefferson County Community Ministries, because that was one of the things I noticed in town. There's a lot of homeless people Mm -hmm. around here, and I didn't, used to seeing it in the city of Pittsburgh, that's normal, and so I was really shocked to see it in a small town. So I realized it was, because they do get services at Jefferson County Community Ministries, and so I really wanted to help them out, because I think it's wonderful that in the winter, they have like the cold weather shelters at the various churches. Um, so shout out to Jen Prussia. <laughs> also a guest on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I really wanted to um, help them, and I have been knitting and crocheting since I don't know, fifteen years. So I just I'd seen <clears throat> yarn bombing in Pittsburgh. They yarn bombed a bridge, and what yarn bombing wow. is? Thank it's, you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so they did a bridge, and so yarn bombing um, is when you cover something with knitted or crocheted material. It's like a tree sweater that's yes. like three feet long, kind of. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So when they did the bridge, that was really neat because it was, it was kind of like they got a bunch of Afghans, basically, and they covered, I think it was the, if I'm remembering correctly, it was the Andy Warhol Bridge, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. It's art. Um So I wanted to do something here to sort of also as like, it's decorative, it's cool, it's artistic, it's just very creative, which, thank you, Mm -hmm. yes, I am. Yes, yes. And so I I wanted to do that. So I was not sure I was going to get any volunteers, and I was like, well, I'll just do like these five trees on this one little street, and then I threw threw it out there on Facebook, and yeah, I had a ton 
18 volunteers, I think, mm -hmm. the first year, and then we did it again this year. Um, so that's that's only been up for a week, I think. And so far, we've had 55 items donated, so that's great. Um, and we're just going to keep... I was going to look like around of that. Yeah. Okay, I, I've seen this, and it, it's up right now. Today's date is the January 9th. So it'll be how, how much longer? Until the end of February. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And if, you, if you're cruising down Washington Street, you, you can see these splashes of color, which is the, the tree sweaters, the yarn bomb. And last year, it was really neat to see. It was neat to walk by. And this year, I feel like it's way more colorful than last year. Is that true? Or is it just sticking out? Because like I said, that, that, the honeybee one, mm -hmm. and then it's like almost like a Rastafari. I can't remember the exact color, but I remember just being like, Wow. Is that the one? And then there's one with like decorations hanging from the branches. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those like, ones the, are these really These trees cool. got bombed by some yarn. Yeah. I, one of my other favorite ones is in front of T-Dog's Barbecue. And she, it's like this ripple um, pattern, but it looks like flames. Yeah. And then That's she has the tassels so. yeah. hanging. Yes. Oh, it's so cool. And it's so perfect right in front of... Because so, they have the flames. So the volunteers the create their own kind of design? Yeah, I totally let... I mean, I tell them, like, please, nothing that, like, somebody's going to get offended by. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no Yeah, no yeah. yeah, I'm offended by fire. <laughs> Don't put fire in front of tea dogs. <laughs> I, I honestly, that was... I had I had a similar idea for that tree as well, and luckily one of my volunteers um, took over and, and did it. But I was like, will people be upset that it looks like the tree's on fire? Oh <laughs> uh, and then like somebody else had done the Lorax, and I was like, will people be upset about? I'm like, yeah. but you know, honestly, somebody's always gonna be offended. But I was yeah. like, if it's obviously offensive, like let's steer clear. It's yeah. just it's just from an outsider's perspective. I love this idea. First of all, my mom is, and you know this, my mom is a quilter and she loves all things knitting and, and, and we wanted to get her involved, but she didn't have time because she just had a new grandbaby and is knitting for them. But every one of these trees has a theme. And first of all, it's not, they can't just make these like an, an, an average size and put them on the tree. They make these to fit this specific tree and they have all of these themes, and for the most part, the themes match an establishment that they're either near or in front of. It is the coolest thing, and it I think it encourages people not only to get involved and, and donate, but to just go downtown and spend some time looking around and then going into your shops and shopping local, even in time of COVID when it's everybody's socially distanced. I just, this is, this is, I think, one of the best ideas that we've had downtown, period. Oh, thank you. It just really helps to beautify everything. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. But that's why I joined the promotions committee, because Liz Cook was in on that meeting with Daryl, and so they kind of encouraged me to come to the merchants meeting for Charlestown now. So I showed up for that, and then they're like, oh, we've got all these other committees. And I was like, oh, promotions. That's obviously what I need to be on. So that's been a lot of fun, especially with the pandemic. Do you, you want me to tell you all about that? Yeah. Hold, <laughs> hold on. I got to keep us focused. Too. <laughs> because like I said, I'm not going to have you dip into the Charlestown Now podcast that I've been right. waiting for. Yes. Yeah, okay. um, right, right, right. I need to loop up the bottom. But... Oh, okay. I'm also the secretary of the Stop. Charlestown Now board. Let okay. me, that's it. That's it. Okay. That's, that's, that's oh, all so, my so the promotions is your, you're on the promotions committee for the <laughs> merchants. Well, yeah, the promotions committee is just, there's four committees under the Charlestown Now board, and promotions is one of them. So I'm on that committee, but I'm also on the Charlestown Now board, board. as gotcha. the secretary. Okay, I need to loop back to what's this donation stuff about the yarn bomb? I don't know anything about I know the yarn bomb happened, but I know there's like a donation process. Right, so each tree has a tag on it, and so obviously they do kind of look like sweaters on the trees. So the tag says, no, this tree does not need a sweater to survive the winter, but there are humans in our community that do. Please donate cold, you know, new or gently used cold weather items to Jefferson County Community, community Ministries. Um, right now, Sibling Coffee Roasters and Abolitionist Ale Works are also donation centers that you can, they have bins there that you can drop stuff off with them, or you can go straight to Jefferson County Community Ministries. Both of those businesses are located on Washington Street in Charlestown. Siblings Coffee Roasters, which is a coffee shop, and Abolitionist Ale, correct? Mm -hmm. Which is a brewery, people. Good beer, good coffee. Take your gently used 
coats or winter gear mm-hmm. and donate it to, or just take it to community ministries if you want to, right? Right, you can. Their, their hours at community mm-hmm. ministries when they accept donations is only Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Oh, that's right. So that's why. It's back around the corner, too. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So that's why we also asked um, some businesses if they would want to also accept because they have more hours. It's a little bit when, easier. When Rack and Tea is closed, I'm not sure if you know that existed, but a few years ago I had a t shirt Yeah, because you were over by where Fuzzy Dog is now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all of our leftover inventory got donated to community ministries. I know they have kind of like a stockpile of t shirts that mm-hmm. they hand out, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that outbreak of all my t-shirts to be floating through town. That'd be neat for me to see. But, um, okay, now, to keep us focused, I'm not letting you go too deep into Charlestown now. And I know you have a significant page of notes, which means we haven't covered certain things. But what we need to do is, based on time and consumption Mm -hmm. level for the podcast, to bring this premise all the way around, Mm -hmm. if somebody thinks... Or if somebody's motivated to get involved in the community, I want to know two things that you and Jenny would recommend somebody do that's just scratching the surface. If they, they don't want to get too overwhelmed, you know, like running for running for mayor might be a little heavy if you haven't been involved. Mm-hmm. But maybe joining something like the tree board would be a nice stepping stone. Julie, you first. What are two things you think would be a great move for somebody to make? I mean, there's always going to be vo- there's volunteer opportunities out there. In in our community specifically, there's obviously Jefferson County Community Ministries and Charlestown now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they're always looking for volunteers, even during this pandemic. Um, even though we can't have events, there in-person events, we are still you know there are things to do. Um, I think that's a probably pretty easy one to start there and then just kind of so, jump so off. So source, source who you think you want to be involved in. Contact somebody on that board or on that committee and just say, hey, I want to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? Um, I, don't, I think it's just really about like putting yourself out there. I don't. If you really care about the community, you're going to start seeing the things that you think need to get fixed. Um, so I've just been sort of slowly checking off all of those things as I fix them. <laughs> um, there's still a lot it more. It takes time. Yeah, it does. And there are, and then my list keeps growing because I keep seeing more and more things. Um, the more you become aware of things, right? It's, it's all like, well, I could work on that too. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, I think just, just having, I don't know, just if it's really something you want to do, then a, just a, a do friend it. of mine. When I first got to know her, she um, she was on numerous boards, county level, Parks and Rec. She was on something like a transportation something with buses. Mm-hmm. Things that this lady doesn't know a bunch about transportation, so I don't understand how or why she got on these boards. Um, it, I mean, numerous boards all across the county. She's on all kinds of different things. And I, I said, what are you doing? Why, why? Why are you so involved? She's like, I live here. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure this is a great place to live, and if nobody's doing it, I can try to step in and help. And I thought that was really a, a great answer to why, mm-hmm. right? Jenny, do you have anything to offer for you know you being somebody new to community uh, official community involvement? Do you have anything new to offer or, or recommendations? Learn your city. I lived here for years without understanding my city. I think I've lived in other places for years without understanding my city, um, and it didn't take much to get to know it. There are a couple of different ways that you can do that, and, and that leads into getting involved. One of them is, is a lot of investment, and the other is not so much. One of them is, if you have an opportunity to apply to be a part of Leadership Jefferson, or if you live in Berkeley County, Leadership Berkeley, and there, there are these programs that are all over the place, not just in West Virginia, Um, see if you can be a part of that program because it will introduce you to different parts of your community that you may not be aware of at all. That will give you a personal investment in your community. It will make you want to be involved. It will make you care about areas that you didn't even know existed. Um, The second thing, and, and this requires a lot less time investment, is everything that we do for city council, for these boards, it's public. 
Um, and so if you're not quite sure if it's something that you want to be involved with, um, the meeting notes are public. Uh, you can attend a meeting. What do you mean by public? It's open to the public. The, well, the the minutes are all the minutes um, are all open. all published mm -hmm. on the the city's website, mm -hmm. and that was oh, okay. when I joined the um, board of Parks and Recreation. Well, when I was applying, I read all of the published minutes for the last like five that's years. That's great. That is really good. Then that's another good point. Because yeah, and so because I wanted to be able to like hit the ground running because there's seven people on that board, and they had all been on that board for years. And so I'm the new person. I didn't want to slow them down. I'm like, nope, we can just keep going. I know what you guys have been talking about for the last five years. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't, so I think that, that just, it, just dipping your toe in the water and seeing what it's like and maybe connecting with maybe, most people, I think, if, if you're connected and you're dialed in and you go to events and you, you, you use our businesses downtown, you might know somebody who's involved in a board or on city council or, or in something that you'd like to be um, that, that you'd like to be involved in, or maybe it's a maybe it's at the county level, maybe it's not just at the city level, but there are ways that you can dip your toe in the water without getting so far out of your comfort zone. But I do agree that if you care, get out of your comfort zone and try to do something. I was, I mean, you and I are transplants, and we live in a community where a lot of the people grew up here, mm -hmm. and so that kind of fed into my feeling of do I really have a place here because I'm not a native. None of that matters. I think we can all get to know our community and the community welcomes you with open arms and everybody's willing to help explain something. This podcast is, is, is proof of that. Kevin has had so many people on this podcast from the community who have just answered very simple questions that I think a lot of people in the public don't always think to ask. These folks are here to serve and I think if you just get out of your comfort zone and be willing to learn your community, you'll be more apt to, to get involved. I do feel very strongly that it's our civic duty to be involved in our communities um, in, in some way. It doesn't have to be on a board, but it could be volunteering. It could be doing the shelter meals at community ministries. It could be doing something like Bros and Bras. But I think it's very important that we all kind of are, we're the village that help, helps raise the community to the standard that we want to see it. So, dipping your toe would be volunteering for a committee that kind of works within a board, mm -hmm. right? And then saying, I'm really inspired, I want to help make decisions and help steer the direction of a organization, that's when you volunteer to apply to be on a board. Would that make sense? Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I think on this topic, most of my very simple questions have been answered. Well, Kevin, can I interrupt you for a second? Because uh, you're somebody who's been very involved in the community. Let me ask you, what, what are your two tips? Oh, I'm so prepared for this, not at all prepared for this. But you've gotten very involved. All right, look. I am... <clears throat> I have aspirations for making things better, but that's based on the definitions on how I see things being better. And I do a good job personally of walking myself down the path of change and the challenges of change. And then I, uh, I became a leader with Bros and Bras, and I created a large community organization that's been great and successful. It's, it's, five or six years old, I have no idea. And so it's, it's so established that there's new leaders and leaders upon leaders that help keep that organization going. But based on the influence that it created, it provided me to be in a position where people would say, Kevin, why don't you run for mayor? Kevin, why aren't you on city council? Why aren't you this and why aren't you that? And personally, as somebody who's already been thrust kind of in front of a large group and somebody who finds himself continuously in a leadership position, I have determined that I am not a processes kind of leader. I'm more of a concept and a motivator. And being on a committee and working with somebody or working with a group of people that are like-minded might be a great thing for me and definitely be a great thing for somebody else. Um, and running for office 
even though people say, hey, you should do this, they just see me as, as, a, as a figurehead and a leader and somebody who can get things done. But I know myself, and I've asked a lot of leaders and a lot of people in office, what should I do in this predicament? And almost everybody has said, if you don't love the process, maybe you're better being uh, a leader like on this podcast. Help educate, help create content, help people realize there are opportunities. So my version of community involvement, and, and I've got something cooking right now that you don't even know about, Jimmy. I'm cooking something, and I've been building it for, I think, three and a half to four years now. And I don't claim to be a perfectionist, but that probably sounds like a perfectionist. I like things to be casually perfect, casually, which means it doesn't look like it was hard work, but I'm cooking up something that will really um, affect motivated small business owners. And um, it should be launched pretty soon, but it's going to be quiet and small. And um, But I, I guess what I'm saying is, to answer the question, I guess, is to determine what your desire is. Julie's desire is to fix some things that she sees in the community that she wants, that she believes she can consume. You can die, you can take on these tasks. And Jenny, you were so inspired by learning about the county by going through a year-long program with Leadership Jefferson that you were like, I've got to get involved. I've got to find a way. And Jenny, I think Treeborn is just the beginning for you. But for me, I think motivating people around me and being supportive of people who are like-minded for me is my version of the community involvement. It doesn't have to be assigned to a committee or mm -hmm. assigned to a board or a particular mm -hmm. organization. People can be, they can change their community for the positive by being themselves and finding something that they like and are passionate about but make sure it's something that fulfills a desire and it's something you can continue for one, two, or three years. I think that's a really good point and it made me think of something else and that's time, time commitment. Right. Because I think a lot of people might be hesitant because like you, they're a parent. Mm -hmm. They're busy. They, everybody is busy. One of the reasons that I wanted to get involved that I haven't mentioned is that I serve in a leadership role for my job. And I have a very busy job. And it's, I, I don't ever want to use that as an excuse to not be involved. One of the reasons I was so passionate about being involved is because I saw this as another way of utilizing my leadership skills. How can I transform them from a professional setting to a personal setting and really utilize it? I think we have, first of all, we are known as a bedroom community. A lot of our folks are commuter, commuters. A lot of our folks work for the government. There are so many skills out there that people can offer to our small town that can help raise it up to where we want it to be. So yeah, however you're gonna serve. It doesn't have to be on a committee. It doesn't have to be on anything formalized, but are you serving your community in a way that, that it's, you're, you're, you're helping build it up versus break it down? I'll tell you something else. I'll tell you something else. Not to ask me questions, Jenny. I don't know. I know it's, I have become very cynical recently. You know, I express my opinions because I'm not necessarily held accountable because I'm not in a public position officially, I guess. You know, even though I, I help organize bros and I'm a small business owner, but I become very cynical on um, do things get done, you know? And if I was in office and I've heard from other people that it takes months and years to move the needle sometimes, you have to really love it. And Julie, I talked to our mutual friend Stephen mm -hmm. um, recently about my cynicism. I needed a therapy session from another leader, another mm -hmm. leader. And, and Stephen Smith ran for governor and he ran a really solid campaign. And he, and he truly is a role model for when it comes to motivating people. And I said, look, man, I just, I just don't see, I don't see the logic behind getting mega involved. And he said, and he was the one that broke down the whole processes versus kind of the spirit of being community involved. And even though I don't want to be in a public position and that I want to moderate my own time 
and my own schedule, my own bandwidth, whether it's high or low from month to month, I'm still able to be in that. And I guess what I would finalize that point is it's good to have role models. It's good to have people that you can not, you're not scared to contact. Even if there's somebody literally who could have been governor, mm -hmm. it, it can be a business leader, it can be a government leader, it can be a parent, an uncle or aunt, it can be a neighbor, but somebody who's willing to talk to you and listen to help guide you down the path. Because don't, don't go trying to get on a county commission and then God forbid you win the popularity contest and you're on there only to realize, well, this is really the deep end of the pool. It's not even the deep end. I'm in the ocean now. So it's good to walk things through before you get heavily involved. Mm -hmm. But jumping on committees, getting involved with organizations like Charlestown Now, uh, dipping your toe in with something like Tree Board, or what's another example of a small, kid, uh, small board that's in the county? I'm sure there's dozens of them. But... That's what I would say is make sure you still have role models in your life mm -hmm. and people who are leaders and that sort of thing. Um, I'm trying to wrap this podcast up, but again, I'm intimidated by the list of notes you've got there, Julie. Is there anything that you want to talk about that we didn't cover? I mean, there's got to be some bullet points that are important that you want to share. No, I mean, I think sometimes... Sometimes with getting people encouraged to get involved with their community or local government or however that's going to be, I just, I think sometimes people might be like interested in it. Like I was interested in it way before I actually stepped up and it was Tanner and it was Todd Coyle oh, yeah. who I would see him all the time at the farmer's market and then stopping in a bushel and pack and I'd be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And then he's like, you know what? you should join a board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would be really, and I was just like, oh, oh okay. Like, <laughs> so I think that some, that, yeah, sometimes having that person that kind of nudges you, it's like, you can do this. But yeah, I think, yeah, don't, uh, don't jump into the deep end if you're not prepared for that. <laughs> and I think there are people who are involved in our community. First of all, there are so many people that you could ask who will give you the straight scoop on it. Todd is a great person. Mm -hmm. Todd's, Todd's entire life is devoted to service. Mm -hmm. He has been involved for so long, um, but also somebody like Tanner. So Tanner isn't just you know the president of the tree board. He's also he's also somebody who is I consider a friend, and I could ask a legitimate question on whether something is realistic or not. And he'll give me a, a good answer. And so people who are involved can give you very good advice on getting involved in other areas as well. Mm -hmm. It's I think that's just a great point that both of you made. Mm -hmm. Is there a place to find the vacancies for Jefferson County? Do you know what that oh, website is, um, or is there a list somewhere? I don't know about Jefferson County. I just I know about Charlestown. It's just on the Charlestown. What is it? CharlestownWV.us is the website, and then under government, and then under commissions, committees, and boards, and it's all listed there. And basically, all of the board. All the terms end at the end of the year. So right now, there are a lot of vacancies. I don't know how many are people that are planning on returning and like you know will be reapplying for their spot or if if they're you know ready to step down but the, those people will all be staying on until replaced if they're not gonna continue so okay good i think we've chewed on this pretty well here what do you think jenny yeah anything else you want to add nothing i want to add i think we covered it i have this hovering foggy question that was I kind of came up with about 90 seconds ago and I've lost it and I'm trying to as I slowly <laughs> speak right now go back in time come up with what it was but it was before whatever Julie is there anything else in your notes that's crucial that you want to share again donating at uh, abolitionist ale works or um siblings coffee roasters mm -hmm. your gently used coats or new coats for people at uh, Community Ministries, and uh, anything you want to promote about Charlestown now, check out the yarn. Yeah, I mean, that's all, that's under that umbrella. Um, I think, no, I don't think there's anything else currently cooking up. I mean, there's, yeah, it's, it's, I have lots of things in my back pocket of like, I want to do this, especially on like the 
the parks board, um, and right now we're we're discussing the pool and are we just gonna fix it up so it works or are we gonna like completely rip it out and replace it and put in something that's a lot better so that's that's all going on right now so that's another thing that if you're you know there's I think there's opportunities out there for you for people to express their opinion and start getting involved and I I think the government in our communities work a lot better when people do when more people do it's not all just if it's only one person or one type of opinion out there I don't think like that's not representative of the community like we need a balance of all these different ideas you know so I think people should not be afraid to speak up I mean we just finished a major election cycle but you know speak up there's the government wants to know your opinion, mm-hmm. <laughs> local government especially, because the people that serve on the city council, they, they all, pretty much all of them have full-time jobs or they're small business owners or whatever. So, you know, they, they want to hear from you. That's And in large communities like where we grew up, it's really hard to have a voice. I think it's much harder to have a voice. Here mm-hmm. in Charlestown, it's still a small enough, a small enough town. We have a voice. Right. You can, move the needle. you can move the needle here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Now that I've heard both of you guys' kind of final remarks, I'm going to get on the soapbox a little bit. I have something to say about being involved in the community that um, really lights a fire. Now, Jefferson County has, in West Virginia, has seen some challenges in the last couple of years. People have gotten really, really upset over any number of topics, right? And I, I saw the community really come together and they would fight and rally around each other and they would try to influence and they wanted to point fingers. I think enough lessons have been learned, enough examples have been made that if you want to be involved, you need to be involved. You cannot just sit back passively as a spectator and when something's not going right today you can't raise your voice tomorrow or today frankly Mm -hmm. things happen a year or more ahead of time and if you are one of the people for or against anything or something you should be involved in the community Everybody can get involved on one level or another to make sure their conscience is clear when decisions are being made in the community. And I think that's, that's a real kind of warning. If you don't, if you are not actually involved or aware of what's going on, it's hard to be a complainer, especially in a small community like this where you can move the needle. You can get onto boards and committees and you can call out something that's right or call out something that's wrong so that's just my little half obvious half soft way of saying get involved if you want to know what's happening ladies are we good we good agreed cool julie thank you so much for being on the podcast i really appreciate you having me right on jenny i love you you're my lady all right listeners as you know, this podcast is brought to you by Bracken's Painting, your commercial and residential painter in the Eastern Panhandle, frankly, all of West Virginia and Virginia, licensed in both states, carrying all the insurances needed. It's important to hire licensed contractors and not just business licenses, but contractors' licenses. Bunch of shadies out there pulling off some nonsense, making the good guys look really bad right now. Um, Consider Rackets Painting for your next painting project. I don't care if it's a big factory or just a bathroom. Hopefully we can help you out. Okay? And that's it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. Today's intro music is a song called Saving Lives and Taking Wives. It is written and produced by Peter Clark, my cousin. Actually, my wife's cousin, but I'll take him as my cousin because he's a pretty cool dude. He, um dropped an album called Peter Clark After Dark. He's been producing electronic, loungy, make-out music for years, 
and he's been nice enough to let me use it on this podcast. You can reach Peter Clark for bookings or just to hear his music on SoundCloud. Just search Peter Clark 